What is up? It's Monday, March 22nd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's just me and Russ today. How's it going, Russ? Oh, it's going. I got my Dallas Empire 2020 CDL Champs hat on, so we're feeling good. We're feeling real good. Shout out to Astro. It's a good-looking hat, man. It is a good-looking hat. I like that black and gold. Yeah, that's uh, like that's that. th- those are the colors, man. That's the black and gold. That's what we rep. I like that the logo itself is a crown. You know what's interesting? A little esports history for you. Okay. So uh, Hastro, who who owns Empire and owns uh, the the Dallas Fuel in the Overwatch League, he has been in esports a long time. He owns one of the longest running organizations called Team Envy, and you weren't allowed to, like he couldn't name his CDL team envy like they weren't allowing you to bring previously established brands into the cdl because they want they want to build the cdl as a whole sure that's like Separately, the same reason why you don't see deal. the cowboys competing in the nba right yeah yeah uh so the, the parent organization is team envy well if you'll notice the logo here is an n oh and, and a v, v. yeah so that's pretty cool. That is actually pretty cool. That's a sweet yeah. nod. I like, I like the way they work that in there. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely there for the hardcore, the, the people who have been around for a minute in the scene. Yeah. Uh, so and then it's got like little cat ears in between. Yeah. Yeah, it's legit. <laughs> Big on the cat ears. Big on the cat ears. All right, okay. man. Good work. Uh, it's good work. This day in tech history. So it was actually yesterday. We don't do the show on Sundays, but it's Monday. Tech history from yesterday. The very first, the world's first tweet was sent out 15 years ago what? yesterday. Yes, Jack. Yep. Yep. Jack. Yeah, Jack. He said, uh, just setting up my Twitter, but he spelled it T-W-T-T-R because at that point they didn't own the Twitter with the current spelling domain. Mm. So it was T-W-T-T-R at that point. I should have kept it that way. You probably also saw that he was auctioning it off NFT. I did. Non-fungible yep. token. And it ended yesterday. And he said, uh, we'll immediately convert proceeds to Bitcoin and send to Give Directly Africa response. Do you want to guess what the winning bid was in U.S. dollars? Ooh, U.S. dollars. Okay. I'm going to say, oof, I want to say 2.2 million. Dang, man. 2.5 million. Ah, I was close. Wow. I was I was hung up on, on going 1.5 or do I go north of two? Yeah. So I, air on the, the higher Man, yeah you got it the winning bidder i was looking up is the ceo at bridge oracle uh he lives in malaysia he basically just donated 2.5 million dollars worth of bitcoin to give directly africa response so you that's know what's cool. interesting is is i th- i thought i saw because you know these i guess they auction these things off over time or, mm-hmm. or something and, and i had seen something about that's right i guess whenever they had crossed maybe the million mark mm-hmm and they were like, "Oh, this this guy just you know offered over a million dollars for this tweet or something," and uh, and it was the same guy. So apparently, someone was bidding against him, and he's like, "No, I'm going to win this thing no matter what." And he just kept it rolling until he got to the two point five. That's number. crazy. That's yeah, it's nuts. That is crazy. I mean, I see this stuff as donations, really. Like, I don't know how else to see this NFT stuff other than like, I don't know. This dude owns the NFT for Jack's first tweet, but. What do you do with that other than he could potentially sell it? I was having a conversation with uh, James, fan Mm -hmm. of the show. What up, James? And I think he was making a a comment about it. Well, he just posed a question like, what is this? Why does it matter? And I I tried to explain it kind of like art being someone who doesn't know anything about art. But there's, there's an element of like the valuation that sort of comes with art. And you can make a copy of Starry Night right? Very, very popular piece of artwork. You can make a copy of that and have it all over the place. I mean, I know it because it was my friend's background years ago and he's a big time art person. And so, but none of those are worth the original. So whenever you functionally get a copyright or whatever it is that you're getting that shows that you tangibly own the first thing of something that is a part of history or shows some value to some form of a community or whatever it might be that that decides it has value having that as your asset is is incredibly valuable to a subset of people which makes it just sort of a valuable thing to have and so i think it's one of those things where it's very difficult for most people to understand why a painting that you could go have 
print it off and put, you know, in a frame mm-hmm. and put it in your house for $200 if you wanted to buy the original costs $5 million yeah, yeah. or whatever it is, right? And I think that these are the same. I think the difficult the difficulty will be for people to come to terms with the zero marginal cost basis of digital assets. That's where I think people struggle the most with because they struggle with that with like digital items and games and they struggle with that on software cost in general. Uh, like I can talk about this inside of our business. Like when people buy software and it costs X amount of dollars and it's in the million and, it's, and it bothers them that it's a software cost in the millions because they know there's a zero marginal cost for reproducing said software. Now, there are other things that go into it, but I, I think when it's digital, it's harder for people. The idea here is to try and make these things more tangible and being able to have something discreetly tied to them. And so that's, that's the idea here. But I think we're seeing a lot of people already get scammed by it. I don't have any articles up, but I've seen some scams, even for some artists specifically that were selling some of their maybe art digitally, we're pointing out that, hey, just so you know, this is not me trying to sell this piece here. Uh, So I think we have an issue already immediately with people trying to scam through this process that I'm I'm really not familiar enough with to know how to scam it or how to prevent it. But that's that's sort of the, the immediate problem we're already dealing with is dishonest people doing dishonest things. Oh, sure. Yeah. As soon as you set any sort of barrier. So I'm curious too, I saw some news uh, this morning that Royal Caribbean is going to require any passengers moving forward to have uh, been vaccinated. Good. So I was talking about this with my wife at breakfast. How do they prove that, right? Especially if it's just this like piece of paper that everyone keeps posting pictures of, you could easily just go find one and copy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So first off, don't post your picture <laughs> right. of your vaccination confirmation <laughs> online. Uh, but it's a it's a good question. And I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before, but I have seen conversations around the idea of finding some way to provide explicit identification outside of just a piece of paper, like right. registration of some kind that ties back to maybe your social security number. I don't know. Uh, but there's a way I think that people are working on trying to be able to do that. And I actually think it's an important thing to be. Yeah, able to that's do. what I'm trying to dig into and wrap my mind around is the health ID on the blockchain project. You know, um, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff like this going on around the world, even just outside of health ID, but like proving people's ages tied to an immutable source. Um, so that way they could have just like beer carts in the middle of the road that aren't even attended and your face is tied to, you know, your age on the blockchain. And uh, I don't know, just all kinds of crazy stuff, man. I feel like there's a way you can somewhat force the issue. Like say Caribbean, Mm -hmm. maybe they'll find a way to, let's say they use, um, what's a good travel technology, like clear. Let's Uh just pretend that clear had a way to tie in officially to your identity. Cause that is what clear does, right. Mm -hmm. That you have gotten the vaccine and they found a way to verify it and whatever else. Right. They may just say, okay, you need to have clear to be okay. on, you know, on uh, whatever a cruise. I, I forget. It doesn't have to was. be blockchain related. Doesn't have to be it blockchain just be related. A system. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. I mean, it could be something like, okay, you know, the system that we have that we can verify is clear. So you must have clear in order to be able to come on to our uh, cruise line, which obviously will be very limiting from a customer base, but it's something that they can use you know, to drive it. And maybe they'll form some partnership with clear that if you buy a ticket, you get a one year membership for free or something with them. I, you know, I don't know that that would be a way to kind of get this thing going. If that, if that company is building something like that, it seems logical because then they, you know, clear works for other sporting events, you know, things like that uh, as well as planes. So I, I think it would make a lot of sense for them to, if I were clear, I would be trying to find a way to get involved in this just to grow my user base. Yeah, absolutely. And just speaking of clear, reminded me too, I saw some news around American Airlines. Now they've done this in the past. I think back in 2019, they were using your face as kind of like a check-in, double verification, et cetera. Ooh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So on some of the international flights, you would have, you would go get your face uh, scanned again. Are you talking about clear or actually American Airlines? Oh, actually American Airlines. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. That was that was my office for a while. I just I'm surprised I don't remember that. Yeah, it was about two years ago, and I know Delta was doing this with some of their international pass, uh, passengers. They were uh, they were boarding via facial recognition, 
Um, and it was apparently optional at that point. What they're saying is essentially American Airlines is trying to push to where you don't need any sort of documentation. You don't need your phone. You don't need anything. You just show up and your ticket and your passport and everything is tied to your face. What say you to that? Well, I, it's funny because it sort of reminds me about Clear a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of Clear. It's probably why I'm bringing them up. I actually, really, I, I'm very comfortable with the process that that they go through, and and they have an unbelievable amount of personal, personable, identifiable information. Yeah. I mean, you are your ID in the instance of Clear, and so from that perspective, in my mind, I'm okay with it. Uh, but I guess I, I don't know the best way to put this. For some reason, I trust Clear more with that information than I trust an airline. Hmm. being able to do that because Um, that's kind of part of their core business. Yeah. I think someone who they, they build on the idea of trust. Yeah. Whereas airlines, you know, make their seats smaller to try and fit more people inside of them. You know, I struggle. I think that the entity behind it matters. Yeah. That's an Uh, interesting point. I don't know. That's where my head goes, but I don't know how much further I can take it from that. Right. Yeah. And then you wonder if, yeah, I don't know. My face, my face, my mind jumped to the face thing being sold in Japan and right. people copying faces and then just getting access to tickets and passports and all this kind of stuff. Anytime we talk about the face stuff, stuff with the face, I'm going to yeah. think about the fake faces in Japan and wonder, you know, when does this become more of a problem again? And and is there a way to use AI to check the reflection off of your eyes as being different? I, you know, I don't know. I went back to that Tom Cruise uh, fake and he actually does have reflections in his eyes. So, I mean, that one was actually done really well. Anyway, I was talking about this though with my wife this morning at breakfast as well, just to get her opinion on it. And she said, I don't know how anyone would fake that though. And then she said, oh, nope. I remember this 1997 epic film with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage called Face Off. Oh, great film. Great film. (laughs) Yeah. Nice work, Joanna. Incredible. No, there's a there's a quote in the article. Well, when you're when you've already had your whole body being intimately photographed by the X-ray machine every time you fly, why worry about whether your face might be floating in some distant ether? Anyway, just thought it was funny. Mm, lots of lots of thoughts counter to that in my mind. We're gonna let them go. Um, yeah. But no, the same thing. Also, American is saying all the data is completely disappeared from its systems within 24 hours. Ah, That's the way ah. the sentence is written. Yeah, uh, did I say well, let's, let's 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 rotten some wait. sentences oh better gosh. than that. I gotta wake uh, up <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna make me believe that for just a just a hot That's minute. The way the sentence is written. Work. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh my! I've been oh. hanging out with my elementary school kids that try to make up versions of words all the time. It seems like they're killing it. That's yes. that's what I'm gathering from that. What else we got, man? What kind of what kind of news are you seeing? Well, speaking of, of of AI, I think that this this plays into it. I don't know if you saw anything about the Amazon driver who just straight up quit their job based on some changes <laughs> that they that they made with an AI powered truck camera that can yes. be used to sense when workers yawn or don't use their seatbelt. Which I assume those examples are pointing out, you know, safety related things. If you're tired, maybe you shouldn't yeah. be driving yep. uh if you're not using your seatbelt, you should use your seatbelt because one it's the law uh click it or ticket that's yeah. important to understand uh or two it's just not not safe in general but i it's interesting because uh i i first saw this on reddit and there were a lot of people who are drivers for amazon ups fedex and it was like this chain of information into a world that I'm, I use every day. I, I, I wish I were not, you know, I wish I weren't serious, but I'm pretty sure they come every day. And they were just talking about their different experiences and all these different things that they that they use to monitor their drivers in, you know, inside and out, and the way their routes are monitored and used. And it's it's crazy how much technology is going into these trucks just in general. And I think it a lot of it started around security of packages and efficiency of routes. And I think it's it's it, they're just taking it even further, probably on the security side of things. But I do wonder at some point in time how far some of this is going to go because this is a deeply unionized industry. The, yeah. The, the driving space, you know, delivery, package delivery space, and it seems like they already are 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 piping up some issues. So this is kind of a watch this space sort of thing to see if the unions get to a point where it's like, how much is too much technology to monitor the drivers who are you know, delivering these packages, et cetera, that are outside of the confines of, you know, security 
and efficiency. And so that's, yeah. that's what I'm interested to see is, is how much further these go. But some guy, he couldn't take it anymore uh, and said that uh, he just straight up, he just left. He's like, I'm over it. There's too much surveillance on employees and uh, worker privacy at tech giants is, is, is a problem right now. Is, and that's the issue. Does that, that article talk about the UPS uh, union where they were trying to get cameras inside the UPS trucks? UPS wanted to do it. The driver's union didn't allow it. This does not but, yeah. talk well, about it. I think it I was reading about that in a different article then. Yeah. But it's yeah. crazy. Those but this delivery would be the same thing. Are, I mean, yeah. they would have cameras inside. Yeah. They want to do that. They're all outside at this point, right? And then, yeah, the sensor's inside telling you whether or not you're yawning and alerting your manager. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah that's that's some next level type of Dang. stuff. Like, do you get written up for that or do you get a text? Uh, with Amazon, just based on what I hear, you probably get... You get scolded pretty good. It sounds like working conditions for a lot of uh, things related to the factories uh, or distribution centers, which I would assume these drivers would be a part of, uh, is is less than ideal. So I don't know if you saw Amazon, my face, you better. I don't know if you saw my face, but LeBarn James is trending on Twitter. <laughs> what? You want to take a guess at what it is? Oh my gosh! Um, You're never gonna guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, no it has nothing to do with LeBron James other than just a nod to one of the greatest players ever. But this guy built an automatic rebounding machine on the side of his barn. <laughs> it is awesome. What? It is awesome. Oh, my gosh. I'm so envious. And he's shooting in like a, an Amish getup kind of a deal. But there's a net underneath the hoop. And then there's a basket that catches the ball at the bottom of the net. And the basket throws the ball back to the shooter. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I just Incredible. pulled it up. Oh, he's got some good form. He oh, does. that's awesome. <laughs> you see those suspenders? Dude. Oh, he's looking. <laughs> oh, this guy is. He's a We fire. need him on the next squad. And he's left-handed. That's tricky for people. So this is uh, this is awesome. LeBar everything about what I'm seeing right now. I, it, for, for the people who aren't seeing this, you have to understand. I mean, he's shooting this off the grass. I mean, there's no... I mean, he has a goal literally on the side of a barn with no court around it. And he's doing this for the love of the game. I mean, he built this thing so he can keep popping up these. I'm going to say that's a 17 footer, just shy of a high school three, but he's looking pretty good. I'm not going to lie. This is, uh, awesome. this is solid. I'm liking it. This, this deserves a trend. Unlike a lot of things <laughs> that, that get trending. Good stuff. Okay. I don't want to talk about basketball though, because uh, the, the tournament is now over. And what? Uh, yeah. Did your over. Raiders lose? I saw they won the first round. We did win the first round. We lost by two. Oh, uh, man. Well, dude, we feel bad for me because our team plays the number one overall seed, like number one of number ones today, this afternoon. The Zags. Early afternoon. Yep. The Zags, the Zags have never lost. So I've seen so many people tweet if they beat gonzaga they're getting a tattoo. Like even even our fiercest competition, like our man, our, you know, brutal rivals. I think, Nobody thinks we're going to win that. I think that game is more winnable than you think. You think but what so? do I know? It's just college basketball. Even without our uh, our number two score, but anyway, <sighs> actually, I didn't know y'all lost your number two score. Now it's yeah. a problem. He's asymptomatic, but he got the COVID. So ah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. That's that's a blow. That's going to be much more difficult. But what I have seen just before we leave it is that uh, a lot of teams are struggling with physicality of Big Twelve teams out there. Mm -hmm. uh, the issue that I have seen is that built different in the Big Twelve. I think, I'm telling you, I think that refs that that ref the Big Twelve sort of expect this amount of physicality. Because what I have seen throughout the year is that we, as in Big Twelve teams, if you play within the Big Twelve, some of the like us tech, we almost always lead in free throws and we lead in the amount of fouls drawn because we're a downhill team. And when a big 12 team plays any other conference team throughout the year, it has been the same way. But whenever we have played in this tournament, it has not been that way. Like yeah. tech in particular. And I watched a couple other big 12 teams. Texas was struggling with this. Everyone has been in immense foul trouble in the tournament. And I, I don't know what it is, but it's like the refs that are refing the tournament are not comfortable with the amount of physicality of like big 12 playing yeah. the way big 12 plays. And I, and I think that it's, I think it's hurting us in the tournament. I think we're getting a lot more foul call, foul calls where in the big 12, it's like, if there's no blood, there's no foul. 
right. sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been interesting to see that. I'm not stating that as, a, as an excuse for any Big 12 team losing games, but it definitely affects the way you approach game plan whenever oh, you're sure. you're playing the you know a tougher style of defense. So yeah. it's very interesting to see. I agree, hundred percent. It's not a All soft right. game. It's not a soft game. Shouldn't, no, shouldn't be calling those kind of fouls. Yeah. I mean, it's not football, but it's not a soft game. It is not. Uh, yeah. I, I, I explain it like this. I, I always ask people, which sport is a contact sport? Basketball or football? Both. Wrong. Wrong. Basketball is a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. There are oh. two very distinct differences. I didn't know there was another option, Russ. Yeah, bro. You got to use that uh, noggin. There was a, a joke. on today. Oh, who was it? Was it Mitch Hedberg? He was at some concert. I hope it yeah, was. Yeah, I think it was like Rob Zombie. And he's like, who feels like a human tonight? And he's like, yeah. And then the next question is, who feels like an animal tonight? And, and everyone else is like, yeah. He's like, I didn't know there was a second option. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's Perfect. Uh, okay. We got more stuff. Yeah, man. Do you want I, me to I got a question the... for you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You got some apps on your phone right a couple do you ever sit down and say to yourself which app is the most invasive app that i have on my phone you know i mean occasionally it crosses my mind like which one of these suckers is out of control like constantly tracking you know where i'm at and just needless things and why but then i don't really care you know yeah i, I feel really you care i feel but, you but if yeah, you were to guess know. which one is the most invasive app. Let's just pretend that a group of people did some research around this. Which one do you think it would be? I'm going to say it's probably not. Well, the night sky app really asks for a lot whenever you set it up. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a joke, mm. a little bit of a joke, but I actually have that app because mm. I like to talk to my daughters about space and stars and space. Stuff. Yeah, that's good. Learning um, science. Dude, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's not what the parents use. It's what the kids use getting up on the gram or the Insta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the Instagram. Ooh. Uh, so, so in Facebook? the way they measure this, by the Facebook? way, yeah, we talked yeah, about so this. Facebook, by the way, does not take as much like the actual Facebook. No, but app. Instagram is owned by Facebook. I, I get it, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. an, it's a dramatically important clarification oh, okay. because Facebook collects dramatically less data than Instagram does. So hmm. consider that for a moment. Uh, okay. Whenever you're thinking about this, so the way they're doing this is they're they're basically going by a percentage of its users' personal data that it shares with third parties. This includes search history, location, contacts, and financial info. So that's that's how they're measuring this. Uh, this study found that Instagram collects 79% of its users' personal data and shares it with third parties around those metrics, Dang. whereas Facebook, which was still high on the list. Uh, 57% of its users' data, which is probably still more lucrative because I'm pretty sure Facebook not only has more users, but also probably has a trending higher average age range of users, which may have more lucrative amounts of personal yeah. data. Just, just a guess. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, <clears throat> I, I think uh, Facebook has, what, two, 2 billion users? It says here that Instagram has over 1 billion active users, so still pretty healthy. Just in general, IG hasn't eclipsed Facebook in active users. No way. Uh, no. What? Not, and I don't think it ever will. What? At least not not until the people that are primarily Facebook is massive. It has over two billion active users per month. I'm pretty sure. Nothing no. is comes close to Facebook. No, we got to find this out. Facebook yeah, you're right, dude. monthly right. active. How users. are you right? All this. I don't oh, know. Okay. Could someone explain it to Tyler, please? All right. So here it is. <laughs> Most popular social networks worldwide as of January 2021, ranked by number of active users. Number one is Facebook, 2.7 million monthly Billion. active users. YouTube Billion. is number two, which is owned by Google. Uh, WhatsApp is at 2 million. Facebook Messenger at 1.3. Instagram, another Facebook, uh, 1.2. And then you have WeChat at 1.2, like a little less. Can, can we talk about what constitutes TikTok a social that. platform? Like a chat app versus yeah, that's you know, a good Facebook question. Or I, I don't know that Messenger. I feel good about that. You know, yeah, like that Facebook seems weird Messenger. to me. Well, even even though I wouldn't call them a social network, I would call them a yeah chat app. Having 1.3 million monthly active users is probably worth having them there in the top four. 
Yeah, I mean, just I suppose show. that's true. I mean, WhatsApp, Maybe as far as I know, is the most popular messaging app on the planet. Yeah. So, especially in uh, like Europe. Like that's the default for people there. People don't yeah. use the default, you know, messaging app on their phone in Europe. They go right. download WhatsApp and that's where everyone is. Yeah. So. Which makes me feel like uh, I don't have enough international friends because I've never used WhatsApp. Uh, I used WhatsApp for a long time before uh, all my friends switched to, switched to Signal over the misunderstanding about WhatsApp's policy changes. So, mm. which is fine with me. I already had Signal and it let me reduce an app. Uh, sure. So I was comfortable with that. But yeah, I, I've definitely tried to use WhatsApp to get people to. Uh, there's just there's two ways you can share quality multimedia between Android and Apple, and mm-hmm. no Apple users know how to use it. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna say even John Nicholson doesn't know how to do it because I'm just convinced that no one knows how. You can share a hosted link. You can send over a platform that goes over IP. Like those are your two <laughs> options, people. <laughs> and I have shown every one Let's of you how to spicy. do it over the years. I can't. I just can't stand it. Like people. Like I will send. Someone will send me a video, and they'll be like, "I don't know why it's so grainy." I'm like, "Well, I do, and I've told you why many times over the last decade." So yeah. do things different. Drives me nuts. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. I'm not saying so- I want you to use WhatsApp. I just want the world to communicate better. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, so did you see, you probably saw this. I don't really want to talk about it, but Trump uh, is apparently going to return to social media by creating his own social media platform. Supposed I, to launch in the next two to three months. I did see that. I did not read anything about it. I just saw the headline just sort of came across my Google feed. Yeah. Um, I the only thing, the only thing I sense to me. Yeah, the only thing I've read about it is the jokes. Uh, somebody somebody <laughs> tweeted, what should it be called? And I was like, all right, fine. I'll click on this one. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to read <laughs> some of these responses. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I can't read any of these. Hey, I'm not going to read them on the show. The dude okay. is nothing if he's not viral. I'm just saying. Like, Yeah, he's there's he's another joke here. in itself right there. Okay, uh, I'm going to move on from that one. What else we got here? Did I tell you about the HomePod uh, no. Mini? HomePod Mini. Yeah, I've not heard anything about the HomePod Mini. I also don't know what a HomePod is. So let's start with that, and then we'll go to the Mini version. Yeah, well, I mean, you know Alexa, and you know Google Home. I do. Yeah, so the HomePod Mini is Apple's foray into that. Oh, so like Siri. Whole Siri in a box? Home. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's Siri in a box, and then you want to connect it to all your things and all that kind of fun stuff. Yep. Control your house and have you know intercom stuff in your house, all that kind of stuff. I'd but imagine anyway. that would play well with like the home kit thing in that from Apple as well. Yes. For like home automation. Yep. Correct. 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 Um, okay. So the HomePod mini, it was actually just discovered. This is kind of weird because there were a bunch of teardowns right as it came out, but somebody just found there's a hidden temperature and humidity sensor inside. Okay. I went and looked. This is not mentioned anywhere in the tech specs, period. So I am curious, how do you feel about stuff like this? Does it concern you? Does it not matter at all? Is it kind of cool that they thought ahead? Because I was tr- I was trying to, I try to approach it from all sides in that, you know, <laughs> what could they be doing nefariously or could they just be, I mean, is it something like, uh, you know, Tesla adding additional electronic capabilities on the car that it can't yet use that, you know, with a software update in the future, you'll be able to use it. This is the same sort of thing, right? Where there's an additional sensor or two in there that they could do a software upgrade. And then all of a sudden now you've got temperature and humidity sensors inside your house that you could leverage all that kind of stuff, but they don't tell you about it. That's some of the problem I have. What do you think? Yeah. My, my initial thought is, is that it doesn't bother me a lot, but I I tried to think of other scenarios where things, you know, things have been included in products that weren't used. And the only one that I could think about, and probably just because it was told to us was that Google in its pixel phones has a thing called a, it was called like a pixel core. Now it's called a neural core, whatever. When it first released, it just was in the phone and it did nothing. And then like six months later, it basically invented the way we do imagery today for, Hmm. for phones in general. And so that, that we knew was going to happen. So like it was in there, it didn't do anything, but they told us it was probably going to be, here are some functions it could be used for and that they were working on, but they, they haven't activated, wouldn't be used for anything yet. So they told us about it. I feel like if I had found out about it, I don't know that it would have bothered me. Like maybe we would have, we would have found out, Hey, there's this neural core thing inside of the pixel line of phones. 
And with, you know, April's security update, we're going to enable some features that leverage it. Yeah. Like I would have been fine with that. So I, I, I feel decidedly neutral in this particular scenario. Uh, had you told me that it was a, you know, a hidden microphone that was always on and transmitting that they told no yeah. one about, yeah. then I maybe would have had more problem with it being a temperature sensor, assuming that that's actually what it is. I don't yeah. know if it's hidden as something else. Yeah. Uh, then I don't know. I don't know that I have a problem with it. I do think that it'd be good for them to let people know, but I don't know that that's really their style, right? This is a, yeah. their app. This is Apple again, right? Yeah. They don't want you to think about anything. They don't even want yeah, you to know they don't. how it works. They just want you to have it work. Yeah. So that kind of goes against their style, which uh, as yeah. much as I disagree with a, a very significant amount of things that they do, I respect people that have a thing that they do in a way that they do it. And then they stick to that thing that they do in the way that they do it. And so sure. there's an element of that that I can get behind. And that feels very Apple to me. It's like, you don't need to know about this. Yeah. There's nothing going on here. So don't worry about it. And I think in some respects, I can trust Apple in that way. I'm certain Tyler would have a different response for that. Yeah. Um, well, it's but, certainly not alarming. Certainly yeah, it doesn't. Alarming. It doesn't give me cause for concern. But it's it's almost it's kind of it's the slippery slope thing or it's the tip of the iceberg thing. Right. Sure. You know, if they're able to just put new kinds of sensors, all kinds of stuff in there and not tell you about it or how it works or all that kind of stuff. And then it's all over your house. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's I think I would like for them about. to share the information, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to take a, um, take a note out of Ryan Sheehan's book and assume positive intent uh, from Apple on this one, but maybe, maybe that's falsely used. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, in fact, you know, we yeah. can we can expand this on Apple a little bit here because I do have another thing on them that okay. may it doesn't really tie into this, but it is them not doing the thing that they do or sticking to the way that they do it, <clears throat> and that is that Apple bent its rules for Russia uh, for the way you know they're they're very very big on um, no pre-installed apps, mm -hmm. right? Like that's. That was a really big deal and why AT&T got the first contract for the iPhone back in the day, which ended up being incredibly lucrative for, for AT&T, I would imagine, getting a lot of people to buy the iPhones. And they came and it's, there's no carrier apps on them. I mean, that's famously why Verizon didn't get the deal because they refused to not put Verizon software on the phone. And uh, so now Apple has had rules for that for years. They've dictated the carriers for years. But now in Russia, it will come with, uh, it looks like Russian iPhone buyers will soon see prompts to install software developed in Russia. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean state-sponsored apps, uh, but just Russian-developed apps. But I you know, can imagine in a, uh, mm, I don't want to say it negatively, but I'll just say an authoritarian government that they could they could dictate a lot more there. So it's, yeah. they've done this the in term, Russia. Just even that term, state-sponsored app, just like... Uh, now, that, know, it so, just makes yeah. me... so that's that is my term Ugh. just so we're clear no that, i know i know, stated I know. Here. Yeah. But just to put those words together makes makes me cringe yeah it, it, the thing is is i it it doesn't sadden me as a i'm a i'm a limited apple customer i have a ipad it's great sure. love my ipad um but what i do find it's interesting is is that and, and I feel like I can be corrected on this because the news changes all the time. I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine at work who is a just, they are everything Apple. And it's like, it's like the Apple type of zealot, like put the, put the sticker on the back of your car sort of thing. Oh, and, uh, and so I, they, they made some comments because we were meeting with GCP, like with the, the Google cloud team. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I guess they made some comment about information they do or do not share with the government. And they were like, how can they claim this? And they sent all this stuff because not only are they pro Apple, they're very anti Google. And so there seems to be this assumption that I'm like exceptionally Google centric, because if I'm not Apple, then I must be Google. Like that's, sure. well, that's the idea. Yeah. Everybody's got to um, be put in a box. Yeah. Meanwhile, I run a system 76 Linux computer as my primary PC at home, but you know, that's not nerd alert. Um, the, uh, so they send this to me and they're like, how can this be true? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. And they're like, thanks for your information. And China's a big issue. And I was like, I don't think Google even operates in China. And they were like, no, that's definitely not true. And then they went and looked it up and they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So like there was a Google China and it's not there anymore. And, 
they want them to do these things and Google doesn't do it. So they're blocked out of this firewall. And I was like, yeah, I think your precious Apple actually lives in China a lot more than Google does. And he was so disappointed to find that out. Like that, that, that Apple didn't stand up to China and refuse to, to have, you know, go by their rules to operate in their country, which is, it's what you have to do in, in any yeah. country that you work in, you have to work by their rules as far as I know. And so it, it didn't surprise me, but like it, it, it very much so pained this guy to, to sort of learn that stuff. So it's just interesting to see. Uh, but I, I do wish that there was a way to take a stand and be more Apple and, and maybe not work in Russia, but Russia and China in particular, I guess, are pretty big markets for, for Apple. But I do wonder if a lot of people initially bought Apple in Russia and China because it wasn't controlled by the state before mm. some of this stuff started happening. I, that's not in the article. It's my own thought, you know, wondering if people are trying to, you know, Apple's really good on the privacy side of things. So maybe they were able to buy it for privacy, you know, advocates and stuff like that there. Sure. But yeah, so that's changing a little bit with some state-sponsored stuff potentially going in some, or at least Russian developed develop software, which I can't blame them for wanting to push, like trying to improve software from their own developers in Russia. I'm going to make the assumption that not all developers in Russia are bad actors, which I think a lot of people would assume every single one of them is. Don't get me wrong. They certainly do some some nefarious things, as most countries do some nefarious things. But I think that uh, it's an interesting move that they're pushing on this uh, for sure, and that Apple has to or is is playing ball. It's hmm. interesting to see. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but it's money related. It's always money related. Always man. comes down. It's to money. always money related. I mean, what uh, China is the second largest market in the world now, right? Yeah. So I think I they mean, have been for a while. Yeah. So I, ranking. I mean, yeah. you 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 want to be there, just yeah. like most people want to be here. Right. So we're the largest market, so it's it makes sense. Did you uh, did you see this news on the so the COVID nineteen vaccine or a couple of them are mRNA based? Yep. And there was some efforts on attacking cancer cells and cancer tumors, leveraging this technology prior to it. I don't, I'm not going to get into this whole thing, but basically some really cool news here and that all of the advancements and all of the effort into proving out and, and producing the COVID-19 vaccine that's mRNA based has helped advance very significantly the, the cancer attacking version of an mRNA uh, solution. So, oh, and, and that would be Pfizer and Moderna, right? That did the mRNA. I'm pretty sure uh, that, that's correct. Yeah, but there's other. Um, gosh, what is it? BioNTech. Um, so that's the that's the Pfizer plus the BioNTech, which I believe is a German um, based company. And yeah, then Moderna. They both use that. Yeah, exactly. I may be a little off on that, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I think BioNTech and Pfizer work together. Like BioNTech might be the manufacturer. I'm not real sure. Um, but I think that I, I think that's still two different providers, not three, in that particular scenario. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, okay. But that's yeah. I've been reading a lot about them. The, the mRNA is very fascinating because it dates back to, I think, a woman in, in like the 70s who started working on something like this, and basically she kept getting pushed away from university to university and not getting tenure because she was working on this thing that no one thought could be done. Mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously she never stopped. And now here we have today mRNA, yeah. which is just incredible and will have far reaching implications the way we're able to do all sorts of uh, delivery of medication and vaccines. And uh, it's just a, a great, great way to be able to yeah. actually create these things and, and not have to guess as much. Uh, right. That's, that's yeah. the key. Cause that's what know? it comes down to, man, is like the funding, um, and that's that's the cool news here, right? Is that mRNA technology finally got the funding um, and resources that it that it needed to be able to prove some things out, and that's why, like, I have a friend that died of a super rare cancer. She was, I don't know, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but it is so rare that it never gets funding, and they they so they don't know how to they don't know how to attack it, right? Yeah, they just don't test it because like breast cancer gets all the funding, right? As an example, uh, just from a comparison. Right. But, uh, which makes sense. There's not unlimited dollars, although you would like to think that there are unlimited dollars to go towards issues like this, right? 
Um, you know, you've had cancer twice. I have lost family members to cancer. Um, my, my grandmother and my grandfather, uh, in yeah. particular. So, uh, these are things that you would like to see, but it's, you know, for, to me, MRNA almost feels obvious after the fact I'm not a medical professional. Um, maybe we should have John's wife on cause John, it's incredible how much knowledge he has on these areas. His wife His probably wife is tenfold. Uh, she is. Yeah. I think she does. Why, uh, why did we ever research. talk to John then? If she's 10 I don't know. times smarter. Oh, she's at least 30 times smarter than John from what I gather. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, John, you're uninvited from the show. Get your wife on here. Well, Financial Fridays, you know, we still have to. We got to <laughs> no, keep them around. She's for 10 that. times smarter. Get her on the show. <laughs> yeah. So, Whatever. it's just like no, learning, cool learning more information about the mRNA yeah. and, and, and why it's valuable. So, even just the, the general premise behind mRNA and why it's yeah. valuable, I felt like should have constituted a, a necessary need for funding and support of that. And, right, but it just uh, wasn't there, and then they didn't. figured out, yeah, that it that <laughs> that it's a great strategy for COVID nineteen, and then the whole world rallies around it. And now all of a sudden, we we are taking a big step forward in attacking cancer in a new way. So super yeah, exciting. and I and I wish I knew that woman's name who pressed this for like fifty years or whatever it is. I don't know the actual timeline, but it's like hero. Like, yeah, <laughs> she is a hero. You know, it's just crazy that it she had to push for so long to try and try and get this there. But I bet there's a lot of other examples out there in the medical field that are like that. Are you talking about the German scientist? Uh, maybe. The like, co-founder of BioNTech? It's been months since oh. I... O- Oslem Tarici, I think is her name? Maybe. Does that sound familiar? Okay. Potentially. I-, I can tell you it's not the United States, even though I think it originated here. Like she, her work did. She had to yeah. leave the US because like no one would work with her in the US yeah. on it. So hmm. um, at least that, okay. if, if that's if I'm remembering yeah, the story correctly. I, I could be butchering it. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. well, her I, I didn't and, take her as the founder of, uh, of okay. a major yeah, maybe organization. Somebody else. But her and this other guy are the uh, the German scientists, the CEOs and founders of Bio and Tech, and they it, just maybe maybe she is. Yeah, yeah. But, in, in any light, whoever did it, them or otherwise, mm-hmm. hero. Yeah, hero, hero, hero. Okay, cool. What else we got? Anything else? We should talk uh, about? I guess I'll close with one other thing. We've been talking about. Uh, Mac related things. It's probably more of an awareness piece. Uh, I had this conversation actually yesterday with my sister. Uh, I had bought her a Mac laptop years ago for, uh, for her birthday. And uh, one thing she was mentioning was, was that she was, she'd been having some issues with it lately. And one, I told her, I was like, just, just call Apple. Um, Their support's good. But two, she, she said that she thought she might have a virus and she didn't think that was possible on a Mac. I said, well, it's, it is possible on a Mac. It's very important that you know that someone mentioned me the other day, actually I think it was James as well. that said, Hey, did you know that there's this exploit in Linux and it's like 30 years old? And I'm like, yeah, they find those all the time. He's like, but I did, you can exploit Linux. Yes. You can exploit any (laughs) operating system. It's it's back to the, back to (laughs) what gets funded and finds resources. You can do anything. You just, yeah, anyway, money and resources. Absolutely. And so what's interesting is, is Mac, uh, you know, they've, they've never had a lot of market share in the PC space. So you know, I think there's sort of a, it's more lucrative to probably attack Windows. And so through that, actually, right. Windows, ironically, has gotten quite good at defending against malware and things. And Windows Defender is pretty good in the, in just the general consumer space in that, in that regard, which is something I didn't think I'd ever say, honestly. But I guess if you, if you get enough exposure to something, you usually can get pretty good at it if you try. And so Mac OS, though, has gotten a lot more uh, uptick in the last few years, a lot more development happening around it. It actually has a statistic here. Um, there's been... Oh, that's not the statistic I'm looking for. Well, anyways, I'll go for the one that it states. It says Mac OS malware development surged by over 1,000%. Mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, so it's getting more lucrative for them. And I have a feeling that um, there'll, there'll be a lot of people going after the M1 Max because yeah. there's going to be less, first, first less gen familiarity stuff. there. Yep. First exactly. There's stuff. a lot of, lot of opportunity for zero days for them. Yep. So just pointing out, uh, I don't care if you're a Linux user. I don't care if you're a Mac user. I don't care if you're a Windows user. Security posture is important. There is no foolproof operating system. Chrome OS, same thing. Watch out for those extensions in particular. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Know what you're downloading. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Know yes. What you're Please on. know what you're doing. Uh, if you're a Linux user, don't just copy commands off of the internet. There you know are people doing. that like to joke or lie or be mean. It happens, especially on the internet. 
always assume that that's what's happening. Assume the worst when you're yeah, clicking on stuff. User behavior is the the number one reason for for issues as it comes to yeah. security on the internet. It's it's not even close. Assume but I just wanted to point out. Assume yeah. you're going to get Rickrolled <laughs> with every link. Okay. That's right. So more Mac malware was detected last year than ever before. Um, just know that it happens. And also know, uh, I was actually, I was going over some security research in the last two weeks, really for work purposes. And I just came across some incredibly fascinating things, kind of like a rabbit hole when you jump on Wikipedia and you start going down a million links. This wasn't on Wikipedia, but like, that's what it felt like to me was it was talking about the improvements that Microsoft has had over the years. It was talking about Linux as well. And uh, the opinion of that article is actually like, you don't need to worry about it in Linux because no one cares. And I, I do I do estimate, I, I do agree with you know some element of that, but just know you can still be exposed, especially on the front end of things. But what was interesting was, was that it mentioned that Mac was potentially going getting more targets because they have been exposed to less over the years because they've had a smaller market share and less, less, less malware, less viruses. But they're not very good at dealing with them in general, unlike Microsoft, who has gotten much better after being exposed for the last 20 years, you know, pretty heavily. So it looks like there will be uh, probably a more push from, from Apple to try and get better at doing these things natively. Of course, there are third-party software providers out there, which I don't know how popular they are on Mac to run from antivirus and malware perspective. But that seems to be one of the reasons why this is upticked so much is because uh, Mac OS in particular just uh, doesn't have a very strong default security posture because they haven't been exposed to them as much. So pretty interesting to see. Don't confuse privacy and security. That happens all the time uh, in particular. <clears throat> Sorry, it happens with uh, Google. There's a lot of things by SE Linux that are very, very secure inside of Android. Thing that's not secure inside of Android is that damn app store. So once again, user behavior, like watch <laughs> out for that. You're gonna come back and you want, you want to pay someone to do a pen test on, uh, on an Android phone and the pen tester will look at you and be like, how much money you got? Because they don't want to do it. Because yeah. uh, SE Linux is awful for them to try and work through. But uh, but you you want them to just get into the Android ecosystem? Sure, they'll just go develop an app and put it on the App Store and not worry about it because no yeah. one's going to. And then people will bring them in. Yeah, so that's that's the, the thing that people are looking for. But anyways, you know, don't trust Mac OS to protect you from everything. Don't trust Windows to protect you from everything. Don't even trust my precious Linux to protect you from everything. Educate yourself and be careful with what you click on on the internet. Zero trust. Okay, I think before we shut this down, I got to get your quick reaction on Fortnite owner Epic Games. Now worth $28 billion as they secure another $1 billion fundraising round. Why? Think? That's my immediate thing. Why did they do a fundraising round? Like, I don't understand That's a good it. That's question. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why there is a fundraising round for Epic who, you know what? I'm going to Google it. How long has Epic been around? I'm going to say 1996. Uh, 30 years ago. Yeah, 30, uh, 30 years. years. So 1991. Yep. 1991. Yeah, yeah so 1991. Why is a company that's that a has lot been around yeah. since 1991 and is so successful? Why did they get a one? Did you say billion or million? One billion. <laughs> well, was, a billion is more a, than a million. A billion <laughs> is more than a million. One yeah, yeah. billion dollars. One like, why did they get a one dollars. billion dollar funding round? What are they funding that they can't fund themselves from Fortnite money? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say exactly that, man, especially so if not just Fortnite, but House Party as well, right? Two of the pandemic's biggest smash hits. They own Rocket League as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, they own the Unreal Engine, the most popular engine used in AAA game development. Like, what? why do they need this fund? Does it say what it's for? So like what the funding is for? No, it, I'm, I'm trying to find that in here, but they were valued at $17.3 after a $1.78 capital raising announcement last July. Right, so not even a year ago, they got two hundred fifty million dollars from Sony. Right, and Bank I mean, of America is helping them is on it, this one that's happening now. But it doesn't say. So it's not why. like a stake. It's it's a funding round. Not, they're not buying. A, I don't understand. I just don't understand why. I just don't yeah. get it. Like I know they're not. Maybe maybe they're spending all of their money on lawyers right now to fight Apple. <laughs> to fight and that's, Apple. <laughs> that's give us a billion problem. dollars to go fight Apple. Uh, I don't know. I just, I struggle. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think it, you know, the fact that they're hugely valuable, that makes sense to me. They're making a lot of money. That makes sense to me. It so says, all of, none uh, of that oh, is surprising to me. It says having the support of leaders in the financial community accelerates Epic's efforts 
to build a new kind of digital ecosystem using real-time 3D technology, services that connect hundreds of millions of people, and a digital storefront that offers a fair business model. Oh, you know what? I bet I haven't. Okay. So I have spent some time and I can't go into the details on it, but you know, we have uh, financial institutions that we work with in our business Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I, and I meet with them every now and then. And one thing that we do, even though we are also a well-funded organization is, is that if we want to do something new, we don't necessarily want to hold on to that liability ourselves. We'd prefer to work with a financial partner who's more willing to to do that. It helps us maintain a good bottom line. Yeah, it, and uh, maybe they're doing that as well. Like maybe they're going into a venture that has some element of risk associated with it that they don't want to have the liability of whatever it is that they're going into to try and do that's different, and they'd rather have someone else come in and assume that for them. Uh, you know, under the premise of you know, winning big if, if this thing works out. So I can imagine that's something. I just don't know. What, it, to me, that doesn't sound like a funding round, though. Like, that sounds like you just go in with a partner and work on an investment strategy yeah. in, a, in, a, in a business plan. And then you, you know, you just do the thing. But why a funding round? I mean, they're not a startup. They're a 30-year-old company that is worth billions of dollars. Yeah. They can't even reach unicorn status at this point. They would have had to have done that in 2001. <laughs> so I just, I don't get well, it. It goes, it goes more into their antitrust complaint against Apple. Um, it talks more about that. Consumers have the right to install apps from sources of their choosing and developers have the right to compete in a fair marketplace. We will not stand idly by and allow Apple to use its platform dominance to control what should be a level digital playing field. It's bad for consumers who are paying inflated prices, blah, blah, blah. He goes on and on. And so then it says- it is about Apple. A little bit of it, yeah. And then it says the latest $1 billion fundraising will inevitably spark questions about Epic Games' longevity as a privately held company. The new round is not being explicitly positioned as a pre-IPO raise, but bankers said they anticipated that a flotation or combination with a SPAC could not be ruled out in the medium term. So could be that. <sighs> this they could is, be going yeah. public as well. This is all I, on uh, news.sky.com. So Yeah, I can't, I can't say a lot because they are a customer of ours. Um, but I'll just say that I doubt they have any, uh, liquidity issues or that their financials are poor. Yeah. I'll say that I doubt those things. So yeah. the longevity of the company, I, I get where the, the writer is going with that. I don't buy it for a moment. Um, but, uh, yeah. that seems it, incredibly unlikely to me. It's got, I mean, it's gotta be, it's got to be a way to pump their valuation before they go public. That's what it seems to seems to look like here at the end. But. Yeah, I mean, it could be something that simple. Maybe something to discuss with Nicholson's right. wife on Financial Fridays. Yeah. since we're not having Let's him go. on What's anymore. Her name? What's her name? I, I have no idea. So we can stop Call calling her John, John's wife. John's wife. That's all okay. I got. I don't know. I, smarter John. Smarter John. Doctor uh, Nicholson. Doctor Nicholson. You can go with yep. that. John and Doctor Nicholson. That's all right, right. Cool. Shut it down, dude. Let's get, let's get on with our day. Everyone have a happy Monday. Oh, yes. It is nine o'clock. So that will do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast, also known as Russ and the Boys. Um, but um, <laughs> I'm just not here to complete that. It's an inside joke. Y'all won't get it. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, watching, even though you're not watching. Like, share, retweet. Remember, we do still have a giveaway going on. Hey, hey! Oh, it goes through this Friday. So if you haven't gone and liked and retweeted the super secret master tweet for the giveaway, please do follow V Spatial, follow Tech Breakfast, Breakfast Podcast, us, yep. follow us on Twitter, and uh, you know you might you might win yourself an Oculus Quest too. Some Facebook hardware. We won't lie about it. It's Facebook hardware. It's Facebook hardware. We're, we're very transparent around here. That's right. Uh, for sure. Uh, no, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Peace. LeBarn James.